0: message this morning is the prayer of Jabez. How many of you like the prayer of Jabez? I think it's a favorite for many of us. And here's an opportunity to highlight this prayer which hasn't been emphasized in recent years. So the title is the prayer of Jabez. And if I was to give it a subtitle, I would say, Believe in God for greater blessing in our lives. Is there anybody here that would like greater blessing in your life? And so this ties in also with our faith theme of believing God for blessing, believing God for influence and for territory and his hand to be upon us. Because I believe we need to be asking, we need to believing, be believing, and we need to be receiving what God has in store. In terms of this, The Prayer of Jabez, a little bit of background. It was in the year 2000 that a man by the name of Bruce Wilkinson wrote a small little hardcover book. And I think he had no idea of what that would accomplish. That book literally took the world, the Christian world, by storm. And it's called The Prayer of Jabez. And do you know what? It became and remains the fastest-selling book in history, quite something. They sold in excess of 20 million copies, perhaps more by now, but it was for that period of time the fastest-selling book. It's as though suddenly God highlighted that book and what it contained in it, and everybody around the world was wanting to know what is this all about. And I believe that God decided it was time to highlight this prayer and this book so that the people of God would become more aware of this little-known passage. And he would just highlight it. I can imagine that that's the way God works. At certain times, he just decides, I'm going to speak to a person, use them. They're going to put a particular passage I'm going to open it uh, to their understanding, and they're going to put it into a book, and it's going to touch the nations of the world. And so the prayer of Jabez by Bruce Wilkinson is one of those. Now, it's amazing that this powerful prayer was hidden away in one of the least read books of the Bible, 1 Chronicles. Yes, it's your favorite book, am I right? And in 1 Chronicles, it is placed in the least read section of that book. When you want to read a favorite book in the Bible, chances are you maybe go to Psalms, Proverbs, a couple of the Gospels, maybe the Epistles, a bit of a story of the Abraham and creation and all of that. But I don't think many people really go to 1 Chronicles. But we find something significant there. And in terms of this book, The first nine chapters of 1 Chronicles contain a genealogy. Now, if you are trying to do a reading through the Bible, perhaps in one year, and you start in Genesis and cruise right through, the chances are when you get to nine chapters of genealogy, it's like it's not so much fun, you know? In Mexico, the American wave is not so big, you know what I mean? So if you look in your Bible, have a look quickly at 1 Chronicles, chapter, 9, chapter 1, 1 Chronicles 1, a whole genealogy. Chapter 2 continues, name after name after name. By the way, if you're looking for a name to call your child, don't go with one of these, okay? It might not be so well received. Number three, chapter three, continuation of the genealogy. Chapter four, it continues. Chapter five, it continues. I mean, this is a lot of it. Chapter six, it continues. Chapter seven, the genealogy carries on. Chapter eight, there's even more. And chapter nine, these nine chapters. But right in the middle, in chapter four, which we'll get to in a moment, there's something very special. In terms of the genealogy, it's basically a family tree of the Hebrew tribe, the Hebrew tribes over thousands of years. It starts with Adam and then continues on, listing name after name after name, 500 names. And in the heart of this genealogy, we find this little precious jewel tucked away, the prayer of Jabez. Let's read it together. 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. And it says, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Isn't that a good statement? (laughs) Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez. Called on the God of Israel. Saying. Oh. That you would bless. Me. Indeed. And enlarge. My territory. That your hand would be with me. That you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. What a prayer. And it says lastly, so God granted him what he requested. There are six aspects that I want to touch on here. And the last two points are fairly brief. Point number one, It doesn't matter what curse has been spoken over your life, with God you can overcome it. Do you believe that? Say that with me. It doesn't matter what curse has been spoken over your life, with God you can overcome it. Now maybe you're sitting here today and you can relate to Jabez because your life got off to a rough start. Some people have a great start to life but There's many people that have a real rough start. Maybe you were an unwanted pregnancy. I want to tell you, that's a rough start. Maybe your situation was born into a family absent father. Single mother struggling like you can't believe. Maybe you were born with a sickness. Maybe you were born with HIV Maybe you had a bad family reputation. You came into this life happy go lucky, and then you discovered that your family is like the mafia. <laughs> and nobody wants to talk to you, and now you know why your name is Luigi. <laughs> Maybe you came into a bad reputation. Maybe you were born into utter poverty, abject poverty. That can't be easy. Some people are born into a dream start in life, you know, being born with a silver spoon in your mouth or something like that. But for for many people, that's not the case. Others face insurmountable odds when they are born. And you may have started off at a disadvantage, but the wonderful thing is, the good news is that with God, you can end off with advantage. Even though you started off with Disadvantage. God can help you and work in your life to bring you to a place of advantage. He's a redeemer, He's a restorer. He takes people from the gutter and He takes them to the uttermost. In John 10, verse 10, it says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Life more abundantly. You know what that is? Life with edge. Life with advantage. And God says it doesn't matter how rough your start was. I can come and change things and bring you to advantage. I think of Psalm 103 verse 4. And it says there, who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I think that that's what God did with Jabez's life. He redeemed his life from destruction. He hasn't stopped. He's still doing it today. People that you and I may have even written off in our minds, God has not written them off, and he can redeem their lives from destruction. He can redeem their lives from the most terrible addictions and strongholds that exist in people's lives. I wrote a few things here. Let me read them to you quickly. It says, you may have been previously disadvantaged, But with God, you can be subsequently advantaged. You may have been cursed from birth, but with God, you can be blessed and restored. You may have been told that you're stupid, but with God, you can be told the truth. You may have been told you'll never about to anything, but with God, you can be able to reach your potential. You may have been bankrupted, but with God, he can restore and bring you to a place of being solvent and prosperous. You may have been deficient, but God can make you sufficient. You may have been rejected, but God can bring you to a place of being accepted. You may have been hurt and bullied in a work environment, in a school environment. And I want to tell you, being bullied is one of the the most terrible plagues in our society today. People's lives get crushed and destroyed because of that. But even if you've been hurt and bullied, I want to tell you that God can heal you and bring honor to your life again where those that bullied you will come and serve you. <laughs> it happened with Joseph. That's what happened in his life. 1 Chronicles 4 verse 19, it's on your screen. and says, and his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. So Jabez entered life with a name that meant born in pain. In other words, he came into, the li- into life with a curse upon his life. But he called on God and he said, God, would you turn this around? And God turned it around. And I want to tell you the good news for you today is that God can turn your pain around too. will not you say to the person next to you, God can turn your pain around. Come on, tell them. He can turn your pain around. Number two, make a decision, make a quality decision to live an honorable life. Let me ask you this. Have you ever in your life decided, I'm going to live honorably? I believe it's a good quality decision that needs to be made. And what if today you purposed in your heart that I'm going to up my game in this area? Maybe you know you've, you've been very dodgy and with the truth, it's easy to tell white lies and stuff like that. And, and God's saying, Won't you up your game? I'm calling you to be holy as I'm holy. I'm calling you to live an honorable life. 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 says, Now, Jabez was more honorable. Would you please say more honorable more. than his brothers? Now, was he some sort of an angel? <laughs> Was he some sort of a goody goody two-shoes? No. I believe he was just an ordinary person that purposed in in his heart that he's going to honor God and he is going to do what is right. I want to tell you the decisions that you and I make in life are important. If you've never made a decision that I will live an honorable life, now's your time to do it and say thank you, God, for the scripture. From 1 Chronicles, I'm going to decide that I'm going to live an honorable life, and I'm going to trust you for this in Jesus' name. I think of one of our shepherds, one of our leaders that went to be with the Lord last Sunday. I think he was about 73 years of age, Andre Willifir. He served so faithfully, sacrificially in this church, and, and I thought about his life after he had passed, and I thought, you know, we had an honorable man in our midst and I honor him for setting an example. I wanna tell you, we need examples of honorable living. Your children are looking to you, your grandchildren are looking to you, your colleagues at work are looking to you. They're looking for honorable living because it speaks so loud and so clear. Ephesians 4 verse one, Paul says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. May I remind you that you have a high calling And a high privilege. And it is becoming of the upright to live worthy of that calling that God has called you. And you know what? He enables you to live according to that worthy life. But we need to be relying on Him and trusting in Him. Now, an honorable person. What are some of the things that an honorable person says? An honorable person says, I will do what is right. An honorable person says I will tell the truth even if it hurts an honorable person says I will pay my bills because it's right it's righteous to pay my bills an honorable person says I will not be involved in bribery no matter what no matter what I'm not going to compromise let me give you a little example here. Let's take this home for a second here. You're driving along the highway, cruising along, and you don't realize you're sitting at 140 k's per hour. And then there's this guy that jumps out of the side of the road, and you see it's a traffic cop. Your heart goes, oh, you know. And the traffic officer pulls you over. You know you were speeding, and then he's standing at your window and he's busy telling you were speeding and. And what goes through your mind when that happens? Am I talking to people that have never sped in their lives? All these angels. Wow, you should be up here and preaching. <laughs> now come on, tell the truth and shame the devil. You've ha- it's happened to you. So here you are. And the traffic officer is leaning in your window, but he's not taking out his book to write up a fine and, and you pick up, maybe he wants to try to solicit a bribe. What goes through your mind? Do you think, well, I've got a hundred bucks in my pocket. I'm gonna take it out and say, you know, you cops work so hard. You really need a burger from Steers and a Coke. I just wanna bless you, I'm a Christian. I wanna bless you guys so into your life for all you're doing. I some nervous laughter. <laughs> no, 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 you do what is honorable. You do what is right. Maybe they come knocking at your gate. It's Friday afternoon, four o'clock. You see, oh shucks, it's the city council. They've got some funny notice in their hands and, and here they're indicating that you, you forgot to pay your bill. You thought you didn't, you didn't, but uh, it's unpaid. And now they're gonna disconnect your power. It's four o'clock in the afternoon. You've got a baby inside. You've got a microwave that needs to work. And you think to yourself, I've got some bucks in my wallet. What if I just say to this guy, hey, my friend, just go easy on me. Just go easy on me. I wanna tell you, God calls us to live an honorable life. And I want to encourage you. You might say, but everybody's bribing, everybody's doing this. Let me tell you about Noah. Noah was the only righteous man in his generation. And although there was no other righteous besides for him and his family, he still lived righteously. And in our country, you know what? There are so many righteous people of God. Many of them have been praying over this weekend. And so I want to say to you, say to the person next to you, do what is honorable. Please say that to them. Do what is honorable. An honorable person says, like Jabez said, keep me from evil. Notice the words, keep me because sometimes we struggle to keep ourselves. And that's where we rely on God, keep me from evil. Number three, we are at liberty to boldly ask for God's richest blessings upon our lives. Now, won't you say that with me? This is very important. We are at liberty to boldly ask for God's richest blessing upon our lives. I wanna ask you today, are you living a blessed life? I pray pray that for the majority of us here, that people could say of you that you are blessed. Because I believe that we should be uh, reflecting the Father and that we should be blessed. It says in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10, it's on your screen, it says, and Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Look at those words. Bless me indeed. Can you see Jabez? Here he is. He's saying, oh God, Would you bless me indeed, modern translation of God. Would you bless me real good? Wow. I love seeing that in the word of God because I've discovered sometimes we feel selfish if we pray for ourselves. Sometimes we feel guilty. We feel, I can't pray for myself. I must pray for the people in Uzbekistan or I must pray for for others and and I can never pray for myself. Let me tell you, it's important. Yes, that's right, that we are praying for people who are not saved, for unreached people groups, etc. But I want to tell you that you can go ahead and pray and ask for God's blessing. He loves to bless his children. He's a good, good father. Expect the goodness of the Lord in your life. Can I hear an amen? Expect the goodness of the Lord. Jabez, he wasn't ashamed to pray for himself and to ask for God's blessing. And I actually believe that the Lord could well have highlighted this prayer of Jabez in recent years to release us from false guilt and to say, you can go ahead. You're my child, my daughter. I love you so much. Go ahead and ask me for blessing. It's, in, it's my goodwill and pleasure to bless you in that regard. Proverbs 10, verse 22 in the Living Bible says, the Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. All our work adds nothing to it. Do you realize how the blessing of the Lord is so wonderful? I desire the blessing of the Lord in my life. How many of you by a show of hands say, yes, I want more of the blessing of God upon my life. Your hand should be up. Think of a little story, there was a lady in our church and her and her husband were in business and they lived in a lovely home, not too far from here. And they were involved in giving to the kingdom. And they were in a lovely home and in this lady's mind, she thought, this is as good as it'll ever get. I don't think the Lord would ever want to give me anything more. Not that she was really asking for more, but she said, kind of this is the limit. And they continued to be involved in giving to the kingdom. And it was about two or three years later that God provided them with nothing short of an exquisite home. And there they found themselves as a family in this beautiful, exquisite home. And she felt like, Lord, I feel unworthy. I didn't know. Yeah. And the Lord said, don't limit my blessing. I love to bless my children. And God said, I'll even embarrass you with my goodness. And what I'm sharing today, to you today, this is not a prosperity message. This is a message just of believing God for everything He has for us. Can I get an amen? amen. So believe God to bless you real good. Won't you say to the person next to you, "He can bless you real good." Amen. Say it with passion. Number four, as I go through these last points a little quicker, Jabez had a desire for growth and expansion. And it says in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10, it says, Jabez prayed, enlarge my territory. Do you know that that's a biblical prayer? The King James Version says, enlarge my coast. Now I know somebody's gonna think, thank you Lord, my place in pittenberg" Bay. There we go. <laughs> enlarge my coast. It's an old phrase. The message translation says, give me land, large tracts of land. It's not about land only, it's about influence, okay? And so I believe that Jabez was not confident with the status quo. He believed there's more of the inheritance of God that I can lay hold of. And let me say this, I find it strange when I see people with little or no desire for expansion. You've gotten into a, a rut. What's a rut? It's a grave with the ends kicked out. <laughs> Some people have gotten into a rut and, and you've, you've stopped believing God for more influence, for more opportunity. And I actually find that kind of odd. I don't think it's the way it should be. Because the people of God are by our very DNA. We are possessing people. And it was Caleb who said at the age of 85, give me that hill country. I'm not settling down. God has more for me to possess. I want to shake your mindset. If you're just settling down and saying, this is all. I want to say as you begin to pray and believe God to enlarge my territory, you can expect that God will respond. It's a healthy desire to desire for an increase of territory. And here's the right motive. The reason that we ask for more territory is so that we can make a greater impact for God. More influence, more responsibility, more opportunity for the sake of the kingdom of God. Number five, at the center of the prayer of Jabez is a passion for God's presence. Now, you might have never seen this before, but it's an important aspect. And it says in 1 Chronicles 14, that your hand, would you say your hand? hand. That your hand would be with me. Now, the prayer of Jabez covers five aspects. Bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, hand upon me, keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Right here, there's the center aspect, that your hand would be upon me. This is talking about the presence of the Lord and how his presence should mean to us, so much to us. And the wonderful thing is that through this, we're reading that Jabez was passionate about the hand of God upon his life. I think of my dad as an example. He said an example to me, to our family, to many believers in this country, as being one that desired the presence of God. It didn't wane as he got older, it got more passionate. The time when he went to be with the Lord at the age of 57, I want to tell you, he was more on fire for God, more pursuing God in his presence than ever before. You know what's interesting? After my dad went to be with the Lord, we discovered a sermon that he had preached 10 years before 2000, where this prayer of Jabez had come to light. 10 years before, I think it was, in about 1990, he preached on the prayer of Jabez. And one of the main things he brought out in that praise, he said, you know what? The presence of God is central, that we would desire his presence. Look at the statement on your screen. One of the greatest desires we can have is that the hand of the Lord would be upon our lives. Sir, ma'am, young person, older person, do you desire the hand of God upon your life? I want to say do. Do that. Do that. It's a righteous thing. And my fa- final point, which is very brief. God granted his request. Please say that with me. God granted his request. Do we serve a prayer answer in God? And it says in verse 10, 1 Chronicles fourteen. so God granted him what he requested. Seven golden words. So God granted him what he requested. I want to ask you today, what are you asking of God? The scripture says, you have not because you asked not. I want to say to you, it's time to ask. God loves when we ask him for the good things that he wants to bestow on us. Why do we need to ask if he wants to bestow them on us? In any case, is because he wants to see your desire to receive the inheritance and everything that he has in store for you. And one last scripture as I draw to a close. 1 John 5 verse 14, and it says, Now this is the confidence. You see that word, the confidence? This is talking about the confidence when we ask. Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us now I'm going to end off with an opportunity that we would corporately stand in a moment's time and pray the prayer of Jabez because he hears us would you please stand right now with nobody moving except the hospitality team And here's an opportunity for all of us corporately to take hold of the prayer of Jabez. And pray it over your life. And at the same time, we're praying it for our country. So this prayer is on the screen. And I'm going to ask that we would pray it out aloud together at the same time. But please don't rush this prayer. Let's pray it slowly. Just phrase by phrase. And would you mean every word because we have this confidence that when we ask according to his will, he hears us. And also, I believe that you're going to begin to look and see the answers to this prayer. Before we pray, I just want to pray generally. Thank you, Father, for your presence. You give us so much richly to enjoy. I thank you that we have seen and experienced the living God, in this place today. I thank you, God, that you are speaking to us in this moment. Thank you for highlighting this prayer in our hearts. And we pray, Lord, this prayer now with sincerity of heart, meaning every word. Here we pray. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And Heavenly Father, we pray this like simple children, believing in you and believing in the results that it will bring about. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus, and we all say, amen, amen.